and welcome to the JB Loves Beer podcast, featuring reviews, reactions and opinions on all things beer. Join me, JB, on my odyssey through the world of craft IPAs, pales, stouts and saisons. So I completely lost track of what day or week or month it was, and somehow I find myself in July. And this obviously goes completely against my whole plan back in February, which was to do a podcast once a month. However, I'm going to be kind of kind to myself in this situation because the world as we know it is completely upside down and inside out. And that's because out of nowhere, coronavirus arrived. And the long and short of that has meant that most of the world's population has been locked down in their own houses and having to learn how to live and work and play in that house all day, every day. And whilst there's been an awful lot of negatives to the situation, one bizarre positive has been that I, and I'm going to assume a fair number of kind of hot nerds around the world, have had more time to spend with our hobby slash habit. So this podcast is going to be pretty much dominated by a bit of retrospective on the situation we found ourselves in and thinking about the new normal, where we're headed, what's going to happen now and how it's going to affect beer makers, beer procurers and beer drinkers. Living in the UK, our lockdown began on March the 23rd and from that moment the craft beer scene scene was completely turned on its head. In my experience, what makes craft beer such a kind of special and enjoyable experience is exactly that. It's a physical experience. There's a physically engaging element to it. And by that, I mean you visit the brewery tap room, you go to the bottle shop, you talk to the staff, you sample the beers, and you do that all in an environment which feels you know, safe and you're sharing that environment with kind of like-minded people. But suddenly, all of that's gone. Breweries have had to close their tap rooms and furlough their staff. The shutters have come down on bottle shops and you know beer drinkers everywhere, at least craft beer drinkers, were reduced to supermarket beer halls and you know buying from already existing online retailers, which of course there are many good ones, of course, I get that. As someone, however, enjoys buying local, for me this has been kind of difficult, but very quickly, fortunately, the ingenuity of the craft beer industry has kind of leaped into action and socially distanced beer deliveries have really become a thing. In this vein, therefore, my first big shout out and thank you is going to be to Craft 2 Team, who have been delivering in their local area over the lockdown period, about three months now. And that delivery has actually been free when you buy over a certain amount, which is fabulous. And, you know, it's these guys who really kind of kept me sane, hydrated, give me something to look forward to every week. And for that, I'm really, really grateful. I, of course, did do a bit of ordering from further afield. I've had a delivery from Northern Monk, which was very nice. I also checked out a brand new brewery who I'd never heard of before, Dig Brew Co, and ordered directly from them. Uh, I've enjoyed actually reviewing their stuff because the, their actual bottles, which they serve their beer in, are um, very artistic and they are covered in a glow-in-the-dark wax. So I'm sure you've seen that on the Beerstagram. Um, very fun and enjoyable to drink too. Um, and I've actually also ordered, bizarrely, from the Be More Local in Penryn Bay. And that was as a result of surfing the UK Craft Beer Forum on Facebook, which most people seem to want to avoid because they see it being very, very toxic. But Beverly from Be More Local in Penryn Bay, North Wales, was offering four cans for very, very low prices. Um, and the delivery was super cheap too. So I had a few deliveries from there. And, you know, thank you very much. 
I also want to um, you know, shout out to the various different kind of bars and pubs that, as the lockdown has eased, have started to do kind of takeaways as well. So it is, um, you know, with great happiness that I mentioned firstly Goldfinch in Tooting, who served me my first draft pint after 70 days. 70 days, crazy. Um, and it was absolutely delicious. The Rose and Crown in Tooting Beck, which is my local, uh, has been serving amazing beer in four pint milk jugs and delicious pizza straight from the oven, which was a real treat. And you know, me and my family went and sat on the kind of Tooting Beck Common and ate that, drank that, really enjoyed it. It's great. My favourite, the Antelope in Surbiton, also has keg, beer and cans flying at the doors and windows, pretty much when we visited anyway. Um, and they were absolutely smashing. They caused a bit of a stir online. There was a bit kind of a debate about whether or not it was responsible, but generally people felt it was, which is good, and I agree. And also my closest brewery by the Horns in Wimbledon also been good, doing good takeaway stuff too more recently, so I've enjoyed that as well. So it's not all doom and gloom. And, you know, I'm purposely actually putting out this podcast on the 4th of July because that's the day, or today's the day, I should say, that many of the restrictions around kind of pubs, bars, breweries and so on are starting to be eased. So technically, these places will now be open, although perhaps in a kind of reduced or limited capacity. Now, personally, I've really kind of wrestled with, do, is it time for me to kind of turn up at the pub and start handing over my money and enjoying the beer? And I've decided that actually I'm going to give it a swerve for now because I fear, or at least think, that the initial rush is likely to be a little bit overwhelming, not just for me, but also for kind of the pubs and the pub staff themselves, to the point where it might become a bit silly and scary. Um, as someone who has kind of seen in the, midi- in the media images and videos of, you know, how perhaps the public at large have behaved when suddenly we've had been given a little bit of freedom, um, it is concerning. And, you know, we are still living under the shadow of this pandemic and I don't really want to go backwards. So as a result, I'm going to give it a miss for now. But hopefully in the coming days and weeks, things will start to find their equilibrium and I will finally be able to settle down for a session of delicious beers with some much much missed friends so in summary we made it we survived well done everyone Uh, we need to now all do our bit to ensure the breweries and businesses we love survive over the coming months because i have a big fear that you know sadly we might see a number of those depart from the kind of scene you know in the last year alone before coronavirus we saw a bunch of that anyway which i've mentioned before in previous podcasts i feel we might see a few more places shutting their doors in future if we as consumers don't go out and you know spend our hard-earned um, on these places and making sure that they do stay open, that we do get to keep these important venues. And it's in this vein that actually, you know, a local favourite that I haven't been able to visit and haven't for one reason or another been able to order from, uh, which is We Bought Beer in both Balham and Tooting. I can't wait to go spend my pocket money there. Um, as soon as I can physically get through the doors, I will be doing that because these places are important to me. So, you know, thank you to all those various you know, venues and breweries and bottle shops and stuff that I mentioned. You know, you did a grand job in kind of ridiculous situation. And I hope that you survive and I hope that I can do my part in kind of supporting that. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're able to kind of visit these places or buy from these places, please, please do. It would mean an awful lot to me because I like going to these places. So if they stay open, then, you know, selfishly, I'll be a happy man. With the lockdown retrospective firmly in our rear view mirror, 
let's consider doing some beer reviews in the here and now. This time round I'm looking at a set of pale ale triplets from Howling Hops. I haven't been over to Hackney Wick in well over a year now, but have always loved making the journey to Howling Hops' taproom. Since my last trip, they've had a bit of a makeover in terms of their branding and their can art, and it's never looked fresher. Furthermore, their beer seems to have stepped up a level, so when I saw this triad of gorgeousness, I couldn't part with my money quick enough. So, here goes. Review number 33, Friends. The first double dry hopped single hop pale ale of the trio, made with the snappily named HBC 522 hop. Now, experimental hops from Yakima Valley in the States all seem to get given these funky designations before they're selected as a hop worth regrowing, at which point they seem to get a cooler name. Now, this poured suitably hazy and orange with a medium to fine white head. The nose was super citrusy with a nice light body and upon swallowing it was peaches galore with a hint of pine as well. It was nice but I guess I'm a bit jaded by all my IPAs and double IPAs and triple IPAs that I tend to drink that I was left kind of wanting a bit more wallop from this. So it's a steady 3.5 out of 5. Review number 34, Romans. Now this came in the same style but was hopped with the HBC 586 hop. Oh, seriously, these numbers are crazy confusing. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to actually brew with these. And all it takes is a misremembering and boom, random hop cocktail. So, um, you know, I'm not envious, shall we say. But this felt more hop forward, whilst being almost indistinguishable in terms of the actual look of it. The flavour was bigger pine notes, and I'm a bit of a kind of pine fan or pine fetishist when it comes to beer. It also had a bit of kind of pineapple, or at the very least, pineapple cubes. So I really enjoyed this, and I'd give it a lip smacking 4.25 out of 5. Thirdly, review number 35, which is Countryman, which arrived last and was chock full of HBC 692 hops. Again, ridiculous name. I had to look all these numbers up again because I completely forgot which was which on on tap. So, um, you know, I struggled to remember my phone number. How the hell you actually remember these? I don't know. Can't wait to their proper names. So anyway, this felt quite different from the previous two. Look, looking again, mostly the same, but slightly darker in colour. I kind of realised in retrospect what I should have done is I should have poured these all out and got my partner to kind of mix them up and then taste them individually and then she could have told me you know, which was which and then maybe a bit of blind tasting would be better. But it's too late now, I've already drunk them. So, you know, going back to what it actually was like, it was more or less looking the same with a slightly darker colour. The actual flavour palette really reminded me of Sabro hops. Now Sabro is kind of um, the difficult child, I would say, of the beer world right now. It's appearing in a lot of beers and people have very strong opinions on it. People, a lot of people t tend not to like it. I think it's gonna be kind of like the coriander of hops. So Sabro is very coconut-like, uh, with a bit limey as well, so it's kind of like a cocktail. Um, and so that was very much here, but also there was a kind of peppery sweetness on the swallow. Um, it also lingered this one in a way that the other two didn't. So there's positives and negatives on that. On that. So it's nice sometimes to have that kind of lingering flavour. Other times you kind of just want it to kind of cut off and just move on. Um, now I realise I've spoken about this one more and I'm starting to wonder whether or not I prefer this one more. But no, I'm going to stick with my belief that Romans, the second one, was better. 
So out of friends, Romans and countrymen, it's all about the Romans. And countrymen, I'm giving you 3.75 out of 5. So if ever you find yourself howling for hops, especially experimental ones, make sure you take a punt on Howling Hops from East London. Those guys know what they're all about, and I'm happy to have another reliable brewery in the mix. Well done, chaps. So I've looked back over lockdown, I've looked to the here and now and the fabulous contemporary beers of Howling Hops. Time to look forward and wax lyrical about the unlockdown or the future, the new normal, whatever that's going to mean for the beer scene that we call craft. So in terms of what's going on and what's going to be happening, a whole range of things to think about really. Firstly, you know, thinking about the world of supermarket beer. Now, okay, I'm sure there was a big intake of breath there because you know, craft beer, as I was saying right at the beginning of the podcast, for me, is really, of course, about kind of local box shops and local breweries and visiting these places. But, and I have mentioned this before on podcasts, I do think there is space still for you know, some craft beer to be procured and sold by the big supermarkets. And one of the reasons why I say this is because I do think that there can sometimes be a kind of elitism in craft beer, and what supermarkets give is a kind of access point for people to try beers that otherwise perhaps they simply would not have tried. And one of obviously the big points on this is, is the price point. You know, craft beer is not a cheap hobby, and it feels like it's something that will probably only become more expensive as kind of you know, the costs of lockdown are factored into what mini breweries and bottle shops are, are going to have to do going forward. So when we look to Tesco's and we look to Morrison's and we look to Marks and Spencer, that's where I'm going to focus on, you know, we see them offering some pretty banging beers from some amazing breweries at very kind of affordable prices. Now Tesco's have been doing this for, I think it might even be a couple of years now, or at least a year, and you know, the chap at Domo Beers on uh, Instagram is kind of the, the key um, agent behind all of this, and every sort of three to six months-ish, you know, we find that the, the range of beers they're offering are, um, you know, being uh, updated. And I've talked before on podcasts about, you know, the concerns about the beers being warm on the shelves and maybe they should be in chillers and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not really going to talk about that anymore. It's kind of done. It's a bit hackneyed. Instead, I'm just going to say, you know, very recently they updated their offer and we found for the first time things like Buxton Brewery. Um, appearing on the shelves with a really good uh, double IPA, Dragon Slayer, and also a um, stout whose name kind of um, eludes me now, which I've tried but not reviewed that and yet, and it was, you know, they're both very nice. A whole range of brand new kind of Northern Monk stuff available there, a few bits from London Beer Factory, uh, amongst others from, you know, Evil Twin and so on. Now, they're not all winners, I've got to be honest, I'm always going to be trying you know, try and be honest with my reviews, of course. If you don't have integrity, what do you have? But, uh, you know, there are a number of really good beers in there that are actually what I would now call, you know, stalwarts or punctuation to my drinking session, which is, you know, you buy a handful of these alongside your kind of big hitters from your bottle shop or from a local brewery. And, you know, that's your kind of indoor Friday night, Saturday night session sorted. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of those because of lockdown. So, you know, well done, Tesco. Um, I also saw recently that Morrison's have kind of jumped in uh, or into the scene as well. They had a kind of Instagram account set up called at Mozza Beers. And I suddenly saw these beers again from Northern Monk and um, 
some other random breweries, many of which I hadn't heard before. I threw a few from uh, Brew York, which I know are good, but I didn't get to visit their brewery last year when I was in York, but you know, people talk well of them. So I've been making kind of crazy long visits to you know my local Morrisons, which is in nowhere local at all. <laughs> so I just have to drive there, uh, especially when you know it wasn't exactly essential driving. I was thinking, how am I going to explain this to a police officer if I get caught? Oh, I really need these beers. They're essential. Anyway, I've tried a whole bunch of beers from there. Again, some really, really nice ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of ones that really jump out. There's one called like Order of the Faith by Northern Monk, that was very nice. Um, there is a Magic Rock one as well, which actually came out in 2017 as kind of a, a one-off seasonal, but now seems to be something they're gonna be making more regularly. So um, yeah, if you ever get the opportunity to go to Morrison's, you know, raid those shelves. Um, and again, very kind of accessible in terms of price. And very, very recently, whilst Marks and Spencer's have had some craft beer on their shelves for a couple of years now, um, there was a bit of an update again and we saw some good stuff coming from, it's still in bottles unfortunately, but from Ansbach and Hop Day, that was actually back in about February I think. More recently there's been some stuff from Electric Bear, some stuff from, was it Magic Rock again? Well anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there, again it kind of uh, eludes me the names of it. I think there's one from Arbor as well, which I haven't tried yet, I've got it in my cupboard, it's kind of a, a creme brulee uh, imperial stout, which I'm sure is going to be smashing. Again, accessible in terms of price and enjoyable. Um, so, you know, I would always say shop local, shop independent when you can, but you've got to balance that with your own personal budget. And I think having a handful of these and a handful of, you know, nice ones from, uh, from something more local, something a bit more of a higher price point is fair. You know, it's fair to you and it's kind of fair to the craft beer scene. So, you know, I don't feel bad by saying spend some money on those things and enjoy them and don't feel guilty. Next, and I did kind of wonder whether or not I should have kind of started on this, uh, what is the new trend? You know, I've been trying to think about, and I mentioned this back in February, what's the new trend in craft? Um, I think this has been massively disruptive. If there was going to be a trend, we probably would have heard a bit about that by now because it's July and that's technically summer, so you'd expect it to be kind of here and happening. But because, you know, craft beer festivals and kind of, or even real ale festivals for that matter, have been pretty much suspended, um, and because of you know breweries having to kind of really slow down what they're producing, some of them perhaps not doing the more experimental stuff, just to kind of churn out the more core stuff. Um, that's kind of prevented, as far as I'm aware, a new trend from really emerging. And all I can possibly kind of boil it down to right now is two vague themes, other than one that I spoke at, at the beginning of the year again, which was the kind of non-alcoholic or low-alcohol thing. I will say that I've noticed a lot more of that. That's true. Maybe that is the new trend. Um, I've also seen at the other end of the spectrum a lot of triple IPAs recently. Uh, one particular brewery I've mentioned is Pentridge, I think that's how you say it. Um, they do loads of Imperial IPAs, or as I would call them, triple IPAs. These are big beers, 9%, 8%, 10%, a lot of those on the market right now. So yeah, maybe that's a trend. Although I think to counteract that, Cloudwater, uh, uh, you know, the recent kind of announcement they uh, they made was that they were going to try and reduce a lot of the ABVs of their beers because they were concerned that, you know, the, the customers were drinking so much ethanol basically over the space of a year. So, I don't know, kind of difficult one to plot there. Another kind of mini mini theme I've seen, and I actually brought this up again last um, podcast when I was talking about boxcar brewery is a kind of movement to look at trad styles traditional styles so i've seen a lot of best bitters 
um, and mild starting to come out again from kind of bigger breweries places like Daya, places like Northern Monk um, and others so maybe that's the theme but again I don't, I don't I can't really say it definitely definitely is so is there a new trend not yet if you think there is please let me know what it is because I've totally missed it and I've been doing my best to try and keep my you know finger of the pulse of the craft beer scene but it may have bypassed me it's also worth of course mentioning or checking in on again with Brewdog because they just can't seem to please anyone over the kind of lockdown period firstly they um, made a grandiose kind of statement which was that they were going to kind of convert their um, hard liquor or you know hard alcohol so I'm talking about their kind of gins and their vodka kind of um, units that they were using up in um, Ellen to, to produce those they're going to convert those so they could produce hand sanitizer for the NHS and a lot of people saw this as a massive ploy and also a lot of people thought they were going to try and make money out of it they didn't they gave it away for free it was all very weird but I thought it was a positive and for some reason you know Twitter in particular which is a bit of a cesspool I've got to say when it comes to beer um, really turned on them which I just thought was a little bit unfair Brewdog then started doing lots of home deliveries of two different types. Firstly, obviously, just the normal deliveries from their brewery. um, And there was loads of problems with that. Suddenly, it appeared that their kind of courier was causing loads of problems and people weren't getting their beers for weeks on end, which people were very upset with. So, you know, not so great there. But then they did a thing where they were doing home deliveries from their bars. So you could use the app to kind of get stuff fresh from their bars. Um, And I've been planning on doing this and haven't got around to it yet. So I will try it although it might be redundant now considering you know lockdown when it comes to pubs and bars is supposed to be ending today you know I still think it's an interesting kind of premise and you know you only pay a few quid really to get it delivered so I thought that was quite um, you know again quite accessible to keep carrying on with that phrase and that idea and now they're reopening you know they've done a big kind of set of announcements they're going to be reopening some of their bars like almost like from midnight and kind of party type atmospheres for equity punks to enter Um, some people were don't like this and turning on this and saying that this is kind of I don't know um, disrespectful for the people who've died or it's you know um, they're not taking or taking due care of their customers and their staff or you know it's somehow controversy has come out of this as well so I do kind of you know Brewdog people just love to hate them um, and I think that's fascinating I mean I think there are bigger <laughs> bigger breweries to hate or bigger kind of brew companies to hate but for some reason Brewdog are the one who come up with it maybe it's because they're the ones that are up in people's faces the most I don't know but um, you know still happy with my equity punk kind of membership status and I'm not going to be changing that anytime soon another thing to matter uh, to, to mention I should say is Black Lives Matter um, I kind of undenied about what to say about this and to be honest I don't really know what I am going to say about this but I feel like if I put out a podcast and don't mention it I'm kind of ignoring the other big elephant in the room that isn't just coronavirus because this has been a kind of a big deal over the last month and it is important you know there's important messages and narratives out there that need to be heard and a lot of thinking needs to be done and a lot of kind of soul searching needs to be done and a lot of learning and education needs to happen as well um, and I say this as you know, a white male who you probably could say was middle class living in South London. You know, one of the things I'm very aware of is that the craft beer scene is very, very much populated and seemingly dominated by people who look and sound and probably have a similar background to myself. Um, now, I'd like to think this is through no you know, act of my 
my own. I don't think I've personally done anything to contribute towards that situation. But, you know, it may well be that things are within my power to try and challenge that status quo and question it and, you know, contribute towards the diversification of the scene and of beer in general and to make sure it is an inclusive space. Um, I'm still personally obviously learning more about this and, you know, trying to become more aware of my own privilege and, and what impact that has. Um, and trying to think about what or in what way that has interlocutors with with beer drinking and being a beer fan and, and, and being in the craft beer scene. I don't think I necessarily have it all worked out. Um, the only thing I can necessarily, I can, I can potentially point to and say that, you know, this is something that I've made a change in my own life, but that's only very recently, was, you know, a lot of information came out last year that seemed to suggest that Founders Brewery in America had been engaging in racist practices or prejudices prejudiced practices and that some um, black employees in the United States have been treated poorly and you know upon reading these stories and learning about this situation you know one of the things that was kind of called for was a bit of a boycott of, of founders and their beers and you know it's a tiny almost token gesture on my part but that's something that I have adhered to even though previously I enjoyed founders beers and as other stories about other breweries like this have come out uh, or as they do come out, they are something that I will, you know, I will look to change my my um, beer drinking, beer buying habits in relation to. So it's small stuff. Whilst alongside, I'm doing my other kind of journey of learning about, as I say, kind of white privilege and my position within um, this establishment, as it were. You know, it's something we can all kind of reflect on, perhaps, and think about. Because to not talk about it and not think about it, I think is probably um, well wrong ultimately. And I think would be to do do a great disservice to um, what otherwise I feel, you know, craft beer is an inclusive environment. So I feel that, you know, we need to carry on in that theme and be inclusive. And this is one of the ways that we can perhaps do that. As I say, I don't have all my, my thoughts like properly straight on this. I'm still working through it. But, you know, in any small way that I can con- contribute, then I will. And I'd encourage others to do that. And if you have ideas about that, let me know and I'll see what I can do about it. So that's it from me this time. Thank you once again for tuning in. If you have any thoughts, opinions, or ideas that you would like to share with me, then catch me on Instagram at jblovesbeer, on Twitter at jblovesbeer, or on tapped at jblovesbeer underscore. I hope very soon to see you in a pub or a brewery or a bar in a socially distanced way where we sit at our own tables and order our beers with apps or something ridiculous like that. Whatever it takes to survive and operate and live and drink beer in the new normal. Either way, till next time, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you.